All right, let me get into fourth week of this series. Thank Pastor Eddie for his work last week as he guided us in week three of the series. And now here we are, week four. Yeah, we give it up for Eddie. That's right, did a good job. I want to uh, kind of set up my talk by looking here at what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 11. All right, here's what he says. We're, we're talking about influence. We'll set the table with this. John 14, verse 11. Jesus says, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. All right, believe. But I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, Jesus says, will do the same works I have done and even, even what? Greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Here's what Jesus is revealing. All of us who are believers, right now you're a, you say, I'm a believer? Okay. He's saying that, hey, I'm leaving. I'm, he's saying, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm ascending into heaven. But what I'm leaving behind with the strength, the power, the Holy Spirit power, I'm leaving behind the opportunity for you to do greater than I've already done. That's what Jesus is saying. So that's a revelation and a reminder for some of you, like God has set in motion that you and I could do even greater than the time of Jesus' ministry here on earth. That's really powerful, and what it reveals to me is it's a command to you and I who are believers to say, hey, there is something more out there that we should be pursuing, that we should be going after. We shouldn't just be kind of in a flat way of living. We ought to have something that's elevated. The scriptures say it ought to be greater type of living. Your relationship with Jesus Christ commands you to live greater. That's what we do. And, and here's the thing, when we live greater, we influence. Right? If we just look like the world and we kind of do good, we kind of do average, we kind of do below average, whatever, terrible, whatever that is, the world does that, right? But Jesus says, no, I want you to live greater. I'm empowering you to live greater. And when you live greater, now people can see me in a powerful way in your life. But it's a choice. You have to choose as a believer decide you want to live greater. And I think right now, as I'm sharing, I'm sure there's people here going, yeah, everybody would say, I want to be greater. I want to encounter greater from my life. Yes, I want that. Sure. I, I would hope you want that. Everybody would say, I want great relationships. I want great marriage. I want great family. I want great provision for my life. I want a great career. I want a great boss. I want, a great, I want great employees. I want a future that's greater than the past. I want great. So we can say that we want great, but encountering great for God, making a difference in your life with great is not easy because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's a choice to live different. I love how C.S. Lewis puts, puts it. He says this, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, who, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. 
Yeah, the, the world will look at us operating in greater and say, man, they're going in a different direction. Remember, I talked in week one about how Noah you know, decides to respond to God by faith. He's going to respond to God. He's going to build this boat. And everybody's thinking, he's crazy. Why are you building this boat? But he's honoring God. And while everybody's thinking he's crazy, everybody else is going off the cliff. Uh, we live in a world today. It feels like there's a lot going off a cliff. I don't know if you're paying attention, but... Man, the economy right now feels like some really odd stuff is taking place and banking issues and inflation and people's credit is skyrocketing and their savings is plummeting, education struggles, political struggles, poor decision making in life that people are doing at the highest levels. It feels like everybody's running off the cliff. Well, now is the time for the Christians to be going the other way because everybody's going to see us shine because we're not going that way. And so we choose greater, and though the world says we're crazy for going in a different direction, God reveals to us opportunity for influence with our life, and of course, there's always a response back from God when you decide to live greater in your own life. But again, it doesn't just happen, right? I put in, in your notes, and it's in mine as well. Look, good can just happen. Like you can live in life long enough, you can stumble into average, and you can even stumble into good. But great doesn't just happen. Great demands, great requires a choice that you have to make. And again, it's difficult because so much of your life and your past, and everybody came here in this room with years and history to your life, and so much of your life and that history can sort of weigh you down and consume you to keep you from actually believing you can encounter great. For some of you to encounter great, you have to have this renewing of the mind that allows you to shift the paradigm in every way that you've been living in your life so that you can go from good to great, so you can encounter what greatness is that God has for us. For some of you, you live in a, a paradigm of your past and your choices and your background and your decision and the bad things you've done and bad things that people have done to you, your environments of your past and maybe your present right now and the poverty mindsets that were put on you and racial mindsets and background mindsets that you've allowed to just define every aspect of your life, but this renewing of the mind that God wants to do in us brings us to a new paradigm that then allows us to see what greater living can actually be. I wrote in your notes, Christian influencers, people who are influencing, they are doing greater things. They're doing, they're not just stumbling into good. They're choosing something more. I love in Genesis 26, talking about Isaac, you know, Abraham and Isaac. And so you have Isaac here. I won't go too far into that, but I just love what it says about Isaac and his life here. And Genesis 26, 13, one translation says it like this. And the man became great, and he became continually, what's it say? Greater until he was very great. We see somebody encountering great right here, but I also love what it says, in the etymology as we kind of dig into what does a word mean and kind of uh, what, what are some of the other things that it could be describing. It, another translation, Genesis 26, 13, says this, the man began to, what's that word? The man began to what? Prosper and continued 
prospering until he became very prosperous. When you and I decide to influence others through greater living, God's reminder to you and I, that word greater and prosperity kind of work together, that God brings a prosperous way of living and he bring, his hand gets on you in a different kind of way in your life when you decide to live greater. So while we're living greater and influencing other people, God blesses us in a way that allows us to encounter a level of prosperity. Now, right before Genesis 26, 13, it's talking about how Isaac sowed and then he reaped, that there's action steps involved with reaping something great. I'm going to give you eight here in our time together and kind of titled this, you know, eight greater things that bring greater things to greater things minded people. Who wants to be greater things? Anybody here? All right, six of you. Great. Let's do this. Okay, a few more. All right, we're going to do this together, and we're just going to take, there's probably dozens and dozens of these, but I, I picked eight that I thought were pretty important, and I think if you decide you want to live greater and influence others and also encounter what God has in store for those who live greater, if you embrace that, I think you will encounter something powerful, but, but you've got to choose to live this way. Here's the first one. Again, speaking to the believers here, speaking to the believers. If you're an unbeliever, glad you're here. Of course, these things are available to those who believe, and I hope that you would, before you leave, cross the line of faith. But let me just, sort of the believers here, if you want to live in a sort of greater way of living, the first thing is this, decide that you want to advance the kingdom. I'm talking about transcendent behavior. I'm talking about living a life that says, I'm a kingdom advancer in all that I do. Not just here and there, an hour a week, on the weekends, maybe if I happen to maybe maybe go to church, but no, consuming me. It's a mindset that says, I am not here to make my name famous, my desires famous. I'm not here to produce any fame of my own. My main goal is to bring fame and glory to the kingdom of God. This is a transcendent mentality that Christians who want to encounter greater and, of course, influence people around us, they decide to live this way. The problem is, in churches, especially in America, I don't know that we've taught what greater can really be. I think maybe we've allowed people to get so comfortable in the church in America today. Here's what we've said. It's okay, just come to church. Just be a good person. Maybe do more good than you do bad. In other words, religious activity. And that's enough. No, 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 don't let Jesus consume you to the point where like you're on fire for the things of the kingdom of God. No, no, don't do that. Just kind of try to do a few good things here and there and everything will be fine. And here's what it's produced, ready? Low-level serving in the church, low-level giving, low-level Bible reading, low-level personal evangelism, and low-level discipleship. It's low-level. There's nothing greater living about it. It's just kind of choosing average or maybe even less. Church and what we're doing here, God advancing his kingdom through the work of the church and this is not some sort of Mickey Mouse thing that says, I want all my dreams to come true. No, it's about God's dream. 
It's about God's desire for life or humanity. Ephesians 3.10 says this, God's purpose in all of this and all he's doing is he utilizes people who come to know him and they're involved in, in advancing the kingdom. Look, God's purpose in all this was to use the what? What does it say? The church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers, authorities, and the heavenly places. What it's saying is that what God is doing is he's bringing people together to do exactly what he's wanted us to do, and that is be kingdom-minded, kingdom-advancing people. When you decide that, you know what? God has poured out a grace and love for me, and now my soul wants everybody else to have what it is that I have. That's kingdom-mindedness. You start operating in that, and you don't need a college degree to do it. You don't need to be articulate. You don't even need to know the Bible inside and out. You can begin to be a greater things influencer quickly by choosing to be a kingdom advancer. You know, one of the ways we talk about advancing the kingdom here at our church is through making sure you're always serving the body because the believers are commanded in the Bible to serve the body for the purposes of the kingdom. And I here's a quote from Martin Luther King. He said this, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. We can all serve, we can all serve in the kingdom of God specifically and encounter the greatness that God has for us. We choose, though, to live in a greater way because we want the kingdom to advance so that others can encounter the greater way of living. We just embrace it and we live it out. Here's the second thing. Strive for excellence. Live in excellence. In other words, be the best that you can be in all things. I'm chasing to be great and excellent in all things that I'm involved in in my life. Here's what we know. When you chase after greatness to be the best you in every setting, you shine more. People who are the best shine more. People who are greater shine more than everybody else. And you and I can stand out as an influencer when we decide to live Decide to live best. Excellence says, I choose to enter every situation to be the best in all those situations to be the best that I can be. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance. There's that sort of sowing. From the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. I go to work, I be my best. I bring my best. I go home, I bring my best. I serve at the church, I bring my best. The problem is, is that sometimes we, we might try to bring our best for a little bit, but somehow we kind of stop doing that. You know, think about it like dating. How do people become attracted? They, we, what we see, how we see people come, become attracted to each other, they see the very best in each other for a period of time, right? You're attracted to her. He, she's attracted to him, right? Because they see something and they're, you know, sort of like, oh, wow, this person has this and this person has this. And that dating, right, you know, closer and closer together and eventually maybe you get married. Now, some of you right now, you're going, yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, people are attracted to that sort of very best and then you get married and you find out all these things about them. 
Oh, oh yeah, that, 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 you know what? That happens. But in the dating realm, we're presenting our very best. And there's a magnetism to the very best. The problem, what ends up happening is, it's, it's twofold. Number one, here's the thing. All of us have a very best, and we also have a very worst. We're not very best all the time. We make mistakes, we make choices, we have things that we do that, that's not helpful. But in all situations, we can attempt to be our very best that we can bring to the table. What ends up happening is people who are dating and they're attracted to each other and then all of a sudden they get married, what they end up doing is they get married and they stop doing their best, right? The things that they used to do that were attractional to one another and also they don't let God work on their worst. See, right, what, is, what makes a great marriage? When, when the husband and the wife are bringing their very best and pursuing God and letting God get involved in their worst. And when that happens, we can elevate in the marriage. But we're always, in every opportunity, whatever best we can bring to the table, we ought to be bringing our very best. Are you bringing your very best? Are you bringing excellence into situations so that you can be an influencer to people around you? Are you a difference maker because you've not quit on bringing your best? People who are in excellence are people who are difference makers. And people who are difference makers in the environments they go into are indispensable. Would your work say that you are indispensable? Do your friends say that you are indispensable in their life? Does your spouse, would they say that you're indispensable? I'll leave that one there. Here, here's another one in your notes. Give honor. If you want to discover more greater things, if you want to be an influencer and then encounter what comes with, with honor, you got to decide to give honor. When you decide to give honor, what you're doing is you're seeing an environment where something good is happening around you and those that are a part of that good that's happening around you and probably elevating you because you're a part of whatever's happening around you, you decide to honor them by saying thank you for helping elevate me. Thank you for what you do. You do an amazing job. It's honor. I see that, right? So if you're involved in anything in your life where you're a part of something that is elevating your life, you ought to be giving honor. People who live for greater things, they care about giving honor. When you give honor to somebody who's influencing you in a powerful way, you stir them to want to be even more of an influencer because you see what it is that they're doing in their life and you want them to kind of keep going, but you're going to also unlock something as well. In just a moment, I'm going to talk about that. Influence by giving honor. What is it that you're a part of that you ought to be giving honor to, that's elevating you. The Bible says to honor your father and mother so that your things may go well in your life. Some of you got elevated in your home life, raised up in some kind, you, you raise, and, and somebody in that home is worthy of giving honor to. Some of you, you're in a job right now, and you think it's, uh, you know what, it's just nine to five, it's just kind of a stepping stone, there's nothing really exciting happening there. Well, if you prayed for that job, 
and your bank account's getting money from that job, and it may just be a stepping stone, but it's going to help you eventually get to the next place in your life. Well, they're elevating you some kind of way. It's worthy of honor. And the leadership there or people you work for or whatever is worthy of, it's worthy of honor. Leaders that inspire you. Leaders that are bringing you into greater things. They're worthy of honor. See, when you're around something that is inspiring, all right, you will have one of, if something's elevating you, you'll have one of three responses. The studies tell us this. You'll have one of three responses. Number one, you're inspired and, and you flow in that inspiration. Or number two, you're intimidated. Or number three, you're jealous. Two of those three responses are low level. 66% of people that are in elevating environments do not operate it as though it is inspirational to them. So we're already behind. We're in a problem already. Do you take the opportunity when you're in an elevated area to say, man, thank you, thank, thank, you, for, thank you for what you do. I want to honor you. Do you pour out honor? I mentioned before, it unlocks something. When you decide to live as somebody who gives honor, it opens up something. Think about it like this, first of all. If I honor God in all that I do, does God open up the floodgates towards me because I honor him? Yes. All right, when you take time to honor people around you, it opens up something for you in your life even further. What ends up happening is when you start honoring people in your life that have, you've been a part of something great, that have elevated you in some way, when you decide to do that, they then want to download to you even more than they once did, which then provides something in return. We don't honor to get anything necessarily in return, but it unlocks something. Let me put it to you like this. I had a guy who wanted to start a church and he knew that we'd started a church and he knew that I'd helped other pastors who was trying to start churches. And so he's been for years honoring me, honoring me, honoring me. Well, when he decided to start the church, he said, Pastor Gary, will you help me with the wisdom that I need to be able to kind of advance and be able to do this church well? And so he spent so many years honoring me that when I picked up the phone to kind of say, yes, I'm gonna help you, guide you through this church start. It was an easy yes for me because he had honored me along the way. And so then, in return, I spent you know some hours on the phone and on-site visits, probably just in the grand scheme of things, maybe 10, 12 hours, 15, I don't know what it was. But in 15 hours, because he had chosen to honor me and I decided to wanna work and return with him, in about 15 hours, I downloaded stuff to him that, he that I learned in eight or 10 years. And I gave it to him in a short amount of time. See, what happens is when you honor, it unlocks greatness at an exponential level poured back into you. People want to share. People want to see more for you. And so there's a response indeed that comes, that comes with that. Are you taking time to honor people? Are you taking time to, to flow in your life in honor? Who is somebody you could leave here tonight and say, I honor you for how you helped me, how you elevated me at one time in my life, or maybe even right now. Me being under your influence affected me, and now I'm gonna be influential in return. In NASCAR, 
they have this thing in NASCAR. When one car's going fast, they'll oftentimes work together and they'll do this thing where another car gets up behind them and gets really, really close. Any NASCAR fans know what that's called as they go around the track? Drafting, right. What does drafting do for the other car that's following? What? Saves gas? Saves gas mileage. You need to get into sort of that NASCAR drafting flow where you're encountering what comes in the draft of honor. And all the things that are associated with that, it's important. Greater living does that. It cares about honor. Here's the fourth thing. Live by faith and struggle growth. Live by faith and struggle growth. What are we called to do? We're called to live by faith. There are times in our life where it is dark. God tells us in the scriptures, so you can be a believer, doesn't mean you're immune to broken things, broken times. There's difficult things that we encounter. But by faith, with God by our side, we work through those struggles. By faith, with God by our side, there's a refinement of our faith that allows us to continue on even stronger. First Peter chapter 1 says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the, so that the tested genuineness, so there's a tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes if it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a refinement that's even more precious than gold, more valuable than gold. There's a, a refinement of your faith that if you'll walk in that refinement, though it's a struggle, though it's difficult, that you'll walk on that journey and stay focused on your faith, there's a refinement process that brings you out the other side even shinier than you were going in. It does something, to, and when you are shining and when you are, are, are glowing for the things of God, even though you've went through trials, this is when people notice. When you're shouting about the goodness of God on a mountaintop, that's great, right? That's, that's great, but, but what about shouting about things of God when you're in a valley? And when people are able to do that, that refinement of our faith allows that sort of magnetism, that attraction. People say, I want to be influenced by what it is that you have. Resistance, struggles, struggles, resistance. If you were into bodybuilding or you just wanted to get stronger, and there's an area of your body where you wanted to kind of get more muscle, what you'd do is you'd, you'd subject that body to resistance you know, with weights and resistance, and the more resistance that you pushed through while you're doing this work, the more that muscle builds. What God wants to do in the spiritual realm is to bulk you up, and sometimes if there's resistance and we push through that, then what happens is there's a strengthening along the way. But sadly, a lot of Christians, when it gets tough, they do bail. Like, I... I've seen this happen more than ever before now, I think, where we are. And I think it's because people aren't rooted in their faith and they're not, they're not digging down into God's word and their faith. But I have watched this. Maybe you've seen it as well. I've seen people withdraw from the things of their faith just because somebody hurt their feelings, even at church. Like, think about that. Somebody hurt my, some of the people who get their feelings hurt more than anybody else is the church people. They get their feel, and I'm out. 
And that's so sovereign. I'm talking about deeper trials. I'm talking about difficult trials where we, you know, so tempted to maybe lose focus, but we stay in the game. And what God is doing is greater things in people that while they're struggling, they're digging in deeper and they're struggling well and they focus not on their struggle but on who God is they focus not on their struggle but they're speaking the word of God in their difficulty they're focusing on things that though they don't see it happening they know that God's going to do something more beyond where they are when it feels like there's hopelessness they dig into hope along the way and they grow on that journey because they know yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for my God is with me because the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so if my God is with me, then who could be against me? And this is what people who are encountering greater living, greater influence do. Are you living in faith and are you going through those struggles? Are you going through them well? Here's the fifth thing. Love others well. Love others well. You're not great because you want to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. We all do, and I want you to be loved. But people notice you have more influence when you decide to love others well. Love everybody in your life, this is the challenge, love everybody in your life better than they could ever hope to love you. People who are advancing the kingdom and people who are in great influential situations for the things of God decide to love others well even if it means they may not give any, get any kind of love in return. This is what the believers are involved in. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. We love people well. We shine. We influence. People pay attention. They say, man, something's going on there. They're, in, they're, they're doing it in, in an unconditional way. It's not conditioned on like somebody doing something to, in return. We're just, we're just loving people because that's what we do. It's easy to love, you know, when somebody does something, you know, for you. It could be considered easy, but I'm talking about when you don't even think or know that anything's going to happen in return. In my house, all right, in my house, there's a thing, all right? Sometimes my wife comes home, her feet are tired. I come home, my feet are tired. But only one person in the house gets their foot rubbed. All right, so for all the years, I mean, maybe when, I, uh, maybe when the kids were younger, they might rub my feet, you know, maybe, and I had to pay, all right? So like two minutes, okay, dad, I need another dollar. You know, and so now they pay it. I pay them, and they're rubbing my feet. You know, for, but for the most part, ain't nobody. Sean, my wife, she's not lining up to to rub my feet. And I get it. I got stinky old man feet, whatever. So it's not real attractive. I get it. It's it's okay. But like, ain't nobody rubbing my feet. But boy, don't you know? At a moment, we're sitting on the couch. She'll plop her leg, put it right up on my lap, and say, "Rub my feet." Now I could say, "Well, you don't rub my feet, so I ain't gonna rub your feet." No, no. I start rubbing her feet. All right, now it's a little thing, and I know it's kind of silly, but it's just a little kind of example that says, I'm going to do that, and I know there's nothing to go, it ain't, she ain't going to be rubbing my feet. And I, I should say, I love my wife. I should tell you that you know, the greatest miracle for me in my life was coming to know Jesus Christ, and the second greatest miracle is God giving me this woman, Sean, in my life. And so I'm grateful for her, but she ain't rubbing my feet. Can you love people in that kind of way? 
Not a competition, but a challenge that I will love that person more than they could ever love me back. I will serve them. I will give to them. I will honor them. That's what great love does. Great love does greater. And there's no greater love than somebody that would lay down their life for another and say, I'll do it for you. Easter at Newwalk is coming. Did you know we're going to host all kinds of people on our campus? And we're going to do all kinds of things for them, thousands of people in two weeks. And most of them, almost all of them will not, as you serve them, they aren't doing anything for you in return. But why do we do that? Because we want greater for them. We want them to know what we have. And so we serve them, not expecting anything in return. Just, we're just going to love them right where they're at. And we're going to help them in the parking lot and serve them drinks. And we're going to, you know, the ushers are going to bring people through. And the kids' ministry is going to serve their kids without any expectation of anything in return. And that's what the church does. It's what kingdom advancement does. Are, are you serving Easter weekend at Newark? I know many of you are. Maybe some of you aren't and you call this church your home. I want to invite you. Another opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to cross that line and take that challenge and say, I'm going to serve. How do we get people connected to serving at our church? It's something called boot camp. What is boot camp? It's like we're not making you run laps and push-ups and anything like that. It's a one-hour gathering where we teach you about our church. We tell you all the things that are happening in our church and how you can get plugged in with all the different serve teams and we get you, we get you plugged in. I've been telling people for the last couple of weeks, we got spots where we need filled to kind of watch the kids as they do the helicopter egg drop outside. We need people to kind of do that and, and just kind of watch the kids and make sure everything's organized. And I said several weeks ago, we need like 60, 70 spots filled for that and we still got about 20 more to go. Maybe you're not serving. It's a great on-ramp entry opportunity to say, I will help with that drop or some other area that you're gifted in at our church. How do you get plugged into boot camp? Well, you just, you can just show up. And the next one we're having is next weekend on Sunday after the first service. So you can come here Saturday, then go to breakfast Sunday, then come to boot camp. We'll spend an hour with you. We'll get you plugged in. And we're going to do you even one more favor here. Uh, we're, we're having one tomorrow. We're having one tomorrow. I should say that. One at 11.15 tomorrow. But next week, we're going to have one on Saturday night and Sunday. So you can come to the 5 o'clock service here on Saturday and then go to boot camp uh, right afterwards in the cafe and get plugged in. So that's next week. We're making it easy with a Saturday boot camp and a Sunday boot camp. Would you get plugged in? If you're interested and you want more information, you can certainly let us know on the back of your Connect card. There's a place to say, I want to be, I want more information about boot camp. You can drop that in the offering buckets when they pass at the end of our time together. Get plugged in and serve others, even when you may not get anything in return. Sixth thing in your notes, get wisdom and get fathering or mothering. Spiritual mothering, spiritual fathering. In other words, get guidance, but get wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom comes from God. That's when the scripture's talking about wisdom. It's talking about godly wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to determine what's best for your life. Bad decisions, good decisions, greater decisions. 
When you get that kind of wisdom, it helps you take right steps in life, helps you avoid stumbling blocks in life, helps keep you on the right path and where you need to go so that you can get the greatest out of your life. People that hear God's word and his wisdom and do those things that God has commanded. We know there's a big difference between just hearing but actually doing. People that hear and do, following the wisdom of God, have better outcomes because of their better choices than those who ignore God's wisdom. Proverbs 8.5 says this. Get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her. He's using the feminine to talk about wisdom. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Check it out. Get wisdom. Though it will cost you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will give you a garland. Uh, She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in a way of wisdom, and I lead, I'm going to instruct you in ways of wisdom, lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. God's wisdom keeps us from stumbling. We partner godly wisdom with godly producing godly fruit individuals, and we invite them into our life, and that allows us a richer connection to deeper wisdom. Getting wisdom from spiritual fathers has been huge in my life. How do you find spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, people that have encountered the things of God in in life? How do you find them? Well, it happens through rich, deep connectivity, oftentimes in your local church. All right, so if you're one of these people, you come to church, you're like, here today, gone tomorrow, I'm here a little bit, gone tomorrow, farting the wind, who, I don't know, where I'm, you know, might be here, you might not, you're not going to find spiritual fathering, spiritual mothering. But when you decide, say, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to connect with people in my small groups, and my serve teams, be a regular here at this church, you put yourself in position now to connect with people and then see whose life is producing fruit for God and say, man, that's somebody I can learn from and pull up alongside, have a cup of coffee with them, start, uh, start kind of saying, okay, what is it that you could teach and, and I can learn from you. These voices in your life of wisdom in your life, they provide anointing, confidence. They, t- they tell you about things of life that maybe you didn't know. Faith, struggles, who God is. It's a slingshot. Getting this kind of wisdom is a slingshot advancement in your life. Past the things that maybe would have been hurdles, advancing you into greater in your life, allowing you then to live wise and be an influencer by living better. Do you have a, a desire to seek God's wisdom? Do you have a spiritual father, spiritual mother? Here's the seventh thing. Live in gratitude. Live in gratitude. Here's what it says. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It says this. Give thanks in some of your circumstances. No, it says give thanks in what? All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, in all things. I say, God, in all things, okay? I thank you for air in my lungs. 
God, I thank you for what I do have. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my grandchildren. I thank you for the roof over my head, the food on my plate, the car that I get to drive, this great nation that I get to live in. In all things, figuring out ways to find the discipline of being grateful. Is there a benefit in being grateful? Absolutely. You shine for God when you're grateful. People see you living in gratitude. You're an influencer. Grateful people, though, check it out, they're less angry. Grateful people are less negative. Grateful people are happier and healthier. Cornell University Research said people who have a discipline of gratitude have less phobias, depression, addictions, stronger immune system. Gratitude puts us in a position to be an influencer, but also it unlocks goodness in return. Are you a person of gratitude? Here's the last thing. Allow for God adjustments. Allow for God, a correct, God correction. Allow for the time of correction. You, you know, it's not easy when you're going a little off the rails and somebody corrects you. Right, because our pride wells up and say, you don't talk to me and you don't tell me what to do and I know what I want to do. Pride kicks in. Well, people who are living greater can handle correction. They understand that sometimes the truth might make you mad, and it probably will. In fact, I wrote in my notes, the truth will make you mad before it makes you glad. The truth is not wimpy. The truth is not sissy. It's heavy. It whips you a little bit, but the truth sets you free. Can you handle when somebody gives you a little truth? Sometimes when I'm preaching, you know, before I come here, I'll share some of my sermon with my, my wife and I'll share some things. And sometimes she'll say to me, don't say that. When you go to church this weekend, don't say that. And I hear that. And I, I got to be honest, there's, there's a part of me that's like, well, you, I'm the preacher here. Who are you? You know, just listen to me. You know, you don't need to correct me. Uh, she said, Gary, I, I hear what you're saying and I like what you're saying, but I just don't think it'll go over to the congregation like the way you think it is. I think you should withdraw that. You know, inevitably after the weekend's over and I'm done preaching, I can look back and say, you know, she was right. Like I listened to that. She's correcting me. I was like, okay, I get it. She, she's right. Correct. She's thinking about women in general. Why is it so many men, when their woman corrects them, they bow up? on the inside or the outside. It's because they can't handle correction. They can't handle it. If you're gonna be greater, you gotta be willing to handle some correction at time. When God calls you out, it's even at another level. And you gotta be willing to set down that pride and say, God, you're revealing something to me in my life that's a correcting thing because you want better and greater for my life. And so God, I receive that correction so that I can advance. People who receive correction, they advance in the things of God. They advance towards greater. Are you willing to receive God's correction? Some of you need to bring a load of humility right now here tonight. Set your pride aside and say, God, I hear you're correcting me right now. There's something going on in my life and the way I'm living, it is un. Healthy. God just says, you know what? I just want to do something in your life to take you away from the way you've been living and take you further and further towards the things of God in your life in a new path that leaves your old behind so that you can have more in your life. God wants to do that for 
for every one of us. Hebrews 12, 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields peaceful fruit, righteousness to those who've been trained by it. I'm close with this. Think about how God wants the best for you as he corrects you. If you consider a globe, planet Earth, think of a globe, yeah, of course, like you might have in your office or something to kind of model that. But if you, if you kind of trace your finger on a globe and say, okay, I'm going north and I get to the North Pole, I'm headed north, going to the North Pole. Eventually when you get to the North Pole, you'll start going what? South. And then as you approach the South Pole, if you keep going south, you're going eventually, it's going to turn into north. And you just kind of keep going back around, right? But if you start going east on a globe, you never stop going east. Once you go east, you're always going east. It doesn't change. You know what the Bible says? That when you get involved with God and he corrects you to pull you away from the way you've been living, the Bible said God wants to remove your sin, your brokenness, separate you away from that as far as the east is from the west. He wants to put you on a new path where you don't go back to the same way you used to live. You don't go back in the same direction. You're constantly now headed in a new direction. Some of you need to receive that new direction in your life by humbling yourself and saying, God, I set my pride aside. I'm ready for you to correct me or lead in my life. Let's pray. Right now, God, there's somebody here in our audience. They're not a believer. And they're so prideful. They don't want anybody correcting them. Well, God, nobody, because they just, their own plans for their life. And they're, if they really search their heart, they know there's a brokenness on the inside. There's certainly not a greater way of living. It's just really average at best. There's somebody here that just needs to hear God's voice. He's crying out to you right now. Man, I'm just, I'm just trying to correct you. I'm just trying to correct you. I'm trying to take you in a new direction so you don't have to keep stumbling, going in low-level living. I want to give you some new wisdom for your life. If you've never made that decision, the Bible just says you trust in the name of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, that on the cross, he died on the cross so that your sin could be forgiven and you want to receive that forgiveness because forgiven people are connected to God and you want to be forgiven of sort of that old way of living. You want to travel east and go in a new direction. The Bible says if you will accept the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross, you can encounter his forgiveness, his love, and have a relationship with him, go on a new journey. Would you humble yourself? Say, God, I'm ready to receive you tonight. Others of you, something speaking to you in this message to correct you, to change, live in a different, greater way of living. God, I believe you're revealing that to others who are believers here right now for time of correction, to be greater influencers. I pray, God, your Holy Spirit would empower them of greater as influencers in this world that at times seems like it is going off a cliff. God, we're gonna shine for you with your power and your strength in Jesus' name, amen.